I'm Dr. Jack West from City of Hope Comprehensive Cancer Center. Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and at islc.org under the news heading. I'm joined today by two members of the newly announced Lung Ambition Alliance, a cross-community partnership that has formed to double the five-year survival in patients with lung cancer by the year 2025, and in the hopes of one day eliminating lung cancer as a cause of death. The founding partners, which are the IASLC, Gardened Health, the Global Lung Cancer Coalition, and AstraZeneca, have identified three key priorities to help them reach their goal, which includes screening and early diagnosis, the development of innovative medicines, and quality care. I'd like to introduce two of these partners, Patrick O'Connor, Vice President and Global Franchise Head for Tumor Drivers and Resistance Mechanisms at AstraZeneca, and Maureen Rigney, Director of Support Initiatives at GoTo Foundation for Lung Cancer. Thanks so much for being here, Patrick and Maureen. Thank you for having us. Hello. Thank you, Dr. Wes. Excellent. So why don't we just start with stepping back and asking, why did your groups feel that this kind of alliance was needed at this point? Well, I think what, one of the drivers for that was that there's been significant advances in lung cancer over the last several years. But despite those advances, the fact remains that lung cancer remains the largest cancer killer. Um, so I think that there's still a significant unmet medical need. And uh, we, felt that, we felt that by bringing together groups, organizations with complementary expertise, we might be able to focus on those, um, those areas that you already mentioned at, the, at the, the top of the podcast to accelerate the advances that we're seeing. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was the need that we saw, and uh, that's, that was the reason to start. Exactly. Uh, the Lung, uh, Lung Ambition Alliance really harnesses the momentum in lung cancer right now uh, to accelerate the improvement of survival and patient outcomes. And it's a really great chance to have a, an impact on issues of most important to the lung cancer community uh, at the global country and even the individual levels. So Maureen, you mentioned the, the issues that are of great importance to the lung cancer community. Can you and then Patrick, maybe speak to what you think are the most pressing issues or barriers that are facing the lung cancer patients and overall community right now? Absolutely. Um, so while we know that the needs of lung cancer patients will vary from place to place and country to country and um, that each individual does face yeah, unique challenges, we know that a lot of the folks in our community uh, face similar issues. And those are around accessing the latest in diagnostics, um, latest technologies and treatments. Uh, we know that there are gaps in evidence-based care. There's a lack of understanding of the disease for the people that are affected. Um, and they don't always know what their treatment options are. There's also a, a lack of access to clinical trials and, and basically not nearly enough compassion and emotional support for people diagnosed and their loved ones. Um, and especially when we think about the fact that people are living longer with lung cancer, including those folks that have been diagnosed with advanced disease, they really need us to better understand their unique experiences and needs uh, so that we can then create programs and uh, projects to meet those needs. Patrick, what do you think are the, the biggest issues from your perspective? I absolutely agree with everything that Maureen said, and I think one addition would be to talk about lung cancer screening. So how do we um, 
how do we address the needs of the patient before they're even a patient? So uh, today, the vast majority of, of people with lung cancer are diagnosed when they're in late stage disease where the prognosis is significantly worse. Uh, whereas if you were able to identify lung cancer in a patient in, in, in early stages, stage one, for example, uh, you'd see a much, much better, greater chance of, uh, of, of of uh, longer term survival for that individual. So I think if we can um, address screening, um, may have it be systematic, uh, improve the ways by which we, um, we implement screening so that the quality is better, we're able to do it at scale, uh, and we're able to, to find um, ways, and ways to pay for it, uh, I think that that's gonna make a fundamental difference to the outcomes for, for, for people with lung cancer. One thing that strikes me, and by that I also mean frustrates me, is that now, there are great data for lung cancer screening with chest CT scans in a few trials done on different continents, and yet it just hasn't been taken up at the level that the evidence should suggest it would. Uh, and we, we also see issues with executing molecularly driven therapies that way too, where the testing isn't being done as it should be. And even in places where it is done, it doesn't lead to the right levels of delivery of the targeted therapies that would be best. So how much of this is not having the knowledge versus just not having the will or the, the execution process to broadly scale what we already have? I think it's a great question, and, and you know, at least from from my perspective, there's there's multi multiple components to the answer. You know, there's society's attitudes towards lung cancer. So, you know, do people want to get screened if they're smokers? Likely not, because the, you know, what if someone tells me I have a, a diagnosis? Um, do people want to be screened if they're non-smokers? Well, probably not, because this is surely couldn't be a disease that affects me. Um, if I do go and get screened, then. Uh, uh, what can I actually do about it if I get a diagnosis? So isn't it isn't it sort of futile? So I think that on on one level, there's this um, societal perception of the disease that we need to tackle and change that will help um, people to think of lung cancer screening in the same way as they might think of uh, uh, prostate screening or breast cancer screening, for example. I think the other aspects here are um, you know policy. Today, you know, it's not um, broadly speaking a policy. So that means we need to do much more with with policymakers, with governments, with you know, in a single payer system, for example, how do you make the case for lung cancer screening so that um, uh, the value that 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 you're talking about, um, uh, as as demonstrated in clinical trials, uh, you know, we can translate that to, uh, at scale. Um, I think there's other as aspects as well that we need to to fix, and those are more logistic in some ways. So uh, think about. Think about if you were to screen everybody um, uh, in the U.S. as an example with uh, who was at high risk for lung cancer. That, that would be suddenly a significant number of, of, of people who would have to go through the system. And uh, you know, can we manage that from a scale point of view? So I think that there's a lot that we can do to uh, um, uh, improve the technology, improve our ability to do it um, uh, at, at large quantities, and also to make it uh, demonstrate that it's cost effective. I absolutely agree. Um, and I would say that based on the Global Lung Cancer Coalition experience, there is a lot of interest in implementing screening in many parts of the world um, that just don't simply have the capacity uh, to implement it at this time. And that's why looking at new ways to find lung cancer early is critical and um, assisting 
you know, countries that are under-resourced or at least lesser resourced than, than some of our countries to um, be able to work toward finding it earlier um, in the most, in the easiest, most cost-effective way. So doubling the five-year survival by 2025 is a wonderful and specific and, uh, and hugely impactful goal. Uh, what are you focusing on first in the process to get there? And what interesting projects are getting underway now? Well, you mentioned you mentioned that uh, um, at the top of the podcast that we're focused on three, you know, distinct um, pillars. So we we're thinking about the whole patient journey with, uh, from the undiagnosed individual through to the diagnosed patients, and subsequently, you know, uh, the, the uh, people who are being treated for lung cancer. And we, you need to think across all of those um, uh, specific areas if you want to have a chance of doubling five-year survival by 2025. So very, very clearly, we have to screen and diagnose early. Um, very clearly, we have to deliver innovative medicines uh, to patients. And that doesn't mean delivering just innovation, innovative science. You know, we actually have to make sure that the patients get access to these medicines and are actually receiving uh, the therapeutic advances that, 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 that's, um, that you might see at an ASCO or an ESMO or, or, a, um, uh, or a World Lung Conference. Um, and then last but not least, when patients are on medication, how do we make sure that um, uh, their individual needs, the specific needs that Maureen had mentioned already are being met, whether it's um, education, support through a community, um, support services so that they, they know how to plan for their financial futures or uh, manage adverse events. It's really all of the above. Um, but how do you eat? I think behind your question is how do you uh, how do you eat the elephants? It's one bite at a time. And so we do have a line to each of those uh, um, specific pillars, you know, a couple of key projects which we think are going to um, really move the needle. So I can I can address what uh, the Global Lung Cancer Coalition's uh, primary focus is, and that's uh, on the component of improving access to quality care. And so while our member organizations are diverse in size and approach, uh, we all do similar things in educating and supporting the lung cancer community through uh, many different ways, awareness raising, prevention efforts, um, and securing access to early detection methods and quality care. And so in, in this focus that we'll have, we will introduce the Quality Care Grants Program. And that will um, allow the organizations, based on their needs or their knowledge of the needs in each of their individual countries, um, and allow them to conceive and develop proposals for grants that will address the challenges that are most urgent to their communities. Um, so we expect to have uh, a lot of really innovative efforts to enhance care and improve the patient experience and address identified gaps. And you know those projects could focus on things like we've already talked about, like the early access to um, uh, diagnostics, um, access to best treatments, using data to highlight inequities in care. Um, it could be any number of things, but we know that they will be innovative and be, have a real uh, impact on the um, you know, the grassroots efforts of each of the organizations. You know, the, the Lung Ambition Alliance is kind of unique in being the aggregation of efforts from a professional society, from a couple of corporate partners, and a patient-oriented uh, advocacy group. How easy or difficult was it to 
all come to the table for a common goal? Was this something that, you know, the legal teams were apoplectic over and it was really difficult? Or was this something that, you know, it was was relatively straightforward to overcome? It, it always seems potentially challenging to bring together so many different groups, but I think that's a potential strength if you can overcome the uh, you know the the challenges of of inertia. Well, actually, it's been surprisingly easy, and uh, I think the reason for that is because you know if you think about the everyone's individual agenda, we all have one very uh, important thing in common, and that's that we want to address the disease of lung cancer. We want to conquer lung cancer, and if you start from that place, uh, then I think it's very very easy to to figure out how you can work together, how you can. Um, you know, collaborate on projects that are going to help you meet your mutual uh, uh, goals. And uh, uh, Maureen, I, I don't want to speak for you, but so far it's been pretty easy. From a, from an initial meeting in uh, at World Lung last year in Toronto, uh, where this was just a seed and an idea, I think we've uh, you know quite quickly established something which uh, we're very excited about, and uh, um, uh, hope to continue over the course of many many years. Yeah, I agree, Patrick. It, it has seemed uh, surprisingly easy. Um, and as far as uh, Global Lung Cancer Coalition is concerned, we've always said that the, our strength rests in the commitment and influence of our members, as well as our diversity. And we see those uh, strengths reflected in the Lung Ambition um, initiatives. And so it just made it a really easy fit for us. It wasn't much of a choice at all, whether or not we would get involved. And it's just been a great experience so far working with the other founding mem uh, founding partners. Well, that's great. And I really applaud the effort. I think uh, these are wonderful initiatives, ambitious, but I hope attainable goals. And I think it's just uh, very constructive to bring so many different but well-aligned uh, parties to the table. So congratulations on that. Patrick, Maureen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak today about the Lung Ambition Alliance. I really think it's great. Yeah, thank you very much. You can learn more about the Lung Ambition Alliance and ways to get involved at lungambitionalliance.org. I'm Jack West, and on behalf of all of us at the ISLC, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Visit the news section on ISLC.org for more lung cancer-considered podcasts. And please like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud and share them with your friends and colleagues. This is Dr. Jack West. Until next time.